Welcome to February 2021. I'm sure it's going to be great and better than January. My name's Nick Amell and I am the host of the Tennis Podcast. Thanks for joining me. I don't know if anyone else is here with me. I think I'm doing the show hey, alone. Nope. It's me. Ah, sorry. Wishful thinking. Yeah, sidekick host Brandon is here and I brought today's list. I brought a list just like somebody brings every week of <laughs> a you. top 10 something or other and the other one doesn't know what it is and you're going to guess. Yep. What am I going to guess today, Brandy? Today we're talking the 10 greatest MTV music videos. Oh, music videos. Yeah. Interesting. Some of our younger listeners may not know this. MTV, for the first like 20 years, they mostly played music videos. And commercials. And then they just started, they went from like a little bit of real world and road rules. I think where they went off the rails is with... Real World Road Rules Challenge, the Versus Challenge. and the, Don't know what the, the fuck you're talking they about. they got past cast members from Real World and Road Rules together to have like a reality challenge. Okay. And that's when things started spiraling out of control and they just started being about drama TV. That's when they started like Teen Mom and Jersey Shore, all that other horrible stuff, right? Instead of music videos. So, the M in MTV no longer stands for music. Now, it stands for Modrama. Modrama TV. Mama drama. Yeah. But in the 80s and 90s, which is what we'll be talking about today, they played music videos and these are the 10 greatest MTV music videos as compiled by MTV themselves in 1999. Hmm. Oh, okay. In 1999, right. they did so this. Right. So, this was right at the... 1999, I would say, was like probably the very end of the music video era. That's probably when MTV stopped playing music videos as their primary entertainment and switched to reality stuff. Celebrity deathmatch. Right. Yeah. So, about these top 10. Now, these are probably more aptly described as the most popular MTV music videos. I would not say that they are all the most creative or the most interesting, although some definitely are. Okay. So, when you're guessing, just keep in mind that these are probably the most popular. Did MTV themselves give any criteria or they no, just said, here's no. the 10 greatest? Okay. No. I would assume that it has to do with uh, the number of times that they reviewed or it may be even requested. Maybe the, t- the number of times they played. Or the number of butts in the music video. Well, definitely with some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you say it's all 80s or 90s and, or just mostly? It's all 80s and 90s. Okay. And three are from 1986, which was probably, I guess that was like the, the peak of MTV. Okay. <laughs> I like the Do way I you start? say, okay, like we've just negotiated and now you're prepared. All right. Okay. I'll do well, it. Fine. It's like, do you, do you want me to kill this list now and dominate it? Or do you want me to pretend like I don't know all the top 10? I don't think you are going to dominate this list. Some of these are surprising in that I don't feel like they belong on this list. And when you need a a guess, I've decided for each of these, I will give you three one-word clues using no proper nouns. Using no proper nouns. Okay. Right. Should we just switch this episode to the most common adjectives or nouns episode? No. This is only if you need clues, Mr. Domination. Okay. Well, I'm not going to need the clues because I'm on Dominate. Now, a few questions to help me here. Is there a wide variety of musical styles or uh, genres represented? Yes. It's pretty much pop and rock. There's uh, pop rock and hip hop rap. Yeah. Hip hop rap, my fave. 
And my second question is, does any artist have more than one video in the yes. top 10? There is one artist that has two videos in the top 10. Michael Jackson? No, and it's not Michael Jackson. Okay. You're supposed to guess the video, not the man All or right. woman. Well, we're talking about Michael Jackson. Thriller has to be in the top 10. Maybe number one. Uh, you all like... <laughs> okay, then I'll just save that one. No, nope. I'll cut this Fucking out. too late. We're doing it. In hey. fact, we should... Ki- Wait, hold on. We should kick off with this one because... One, everybody probably knows that Thriller is number one. That's not really a huge surprise. And two, we want to hook people right away, right? Well, do you remember we got a lot of feedback? And I say a lot of feedback the same way Donald Trump says everybody's saying. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> after the Super Bowl uh, episode, the top 10 Super Bowl halftime shows, yeah. we got a lot of feedback saying they enjoyed my breakdown, my like beat for beat breakdown description of the Super Bowl show. So, I've done the same for each of tonight's music videos. If you've never seen them, don't worry, you don't have to. I will describe them. I, I actually sat here yesterday, watched all 10 of them in a row and typed the bullets. Back to back? Yeah. Wow. And typed the bullets as I watched them and then I sprinkled in some other things too. But this is... You it, did this just because you wanted to watch music videos. No, I've had this up. I've had this tab up in my browser for a couple weeks now waiting to do this. Wait, the Pornhub tab or the, mu- or the music video tab? No, this is just uh, the porn... The... <laughs> God damn it. It's the music. But yeah, it's almost stream of consciousness because once I started typing the notes as I was watching, I didn't stop typing them until it was over and then I didn't edit them. Don't stop till you get enough. Right. So, Thriller is number one. Knew it. Came out in 1983 by Mr. Michael Jackson. Totally normal, very vanilla, very straight-laced, conservative, boring man. Listener of the show. Thriller, the song, was produced by Quincy Jones. Everyone has probably heard Thriller a million times, right? Do I need to describe the the sound of Thriller? Yes. Okay, its music and its lyrics evoke horror films and monsters, and there's sound effects like thunder and footsteps and creaky doors and wind. It's described in the liner notes as a rap, although (laughs) it's more of a fucking poem. (laughs) A spoken word sequence performed by horror actor Vincent Price. And Vincent Price is a really awesome part of that song. He has a really cool voice. Now, Thriller, the video, was directed by John Landis, who directed Animal House and Blues Brothers, my favorite comedy movie, Coming to America, and an American Werewolf, God damn it, an American Werewolf in London. You're off tonight. So, after Michael Jackson saw an American Werewolf in London, he contacted John Landis and said, I want you to make the music video for Thriller. Uh, imagine having that power, by the way. Like, you see, see a movie and, say, and you guy. just call the yeah. yeah you just call the director and say you're going to do it, and I'm sure the, I'm sure the director was thrilled. I'm not saying he wasn't, but like you yeah. know, probably like 20 years later after that, in the early 2000s, Michael Jackson probably had the money to do a lot of stuff, but I don't think he by that time had the power to say like I want to work with that director. Yeah, his image was hurt. It was a little his, diminished by then. His reputation had some stink on it by then. Yeah. Thriller was launched to great anticipation and was played regularly on MTV. It doubled the sales of the album. <laughs> Think of that. The music video doubled the sales of like the biggest album of all time. It helped become the best-selling album in history. It sold over a million co- The video sold over a million copies on VHS. 
becoming the best-selling videotape at the same time. Right. I remember that stat from our VHS tapes episode. Yeah. It's credit for transforming music videos into a serious art form, breaking down racial barriers in popular entertainment, and popularizing the making of documentary. His success transformed Jackson into a dominant force in global pop culture. Is there anybody who doesn't like Thriller? Assholes that can unsubscribe from the show. Okay. I mean, yeah. seriously. I'm being serious though. Like if, okay, I'm not being serious that you should unsubscribe, but I'm being serious in that like, if you don't like thrill, Thriller, then you just don't like fun. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's like objectively good. The Library of Congress deemed it good. They described it as the most famous music video of all time. Well, I guess that doesn't really deem it good. I think it's, is it, I guess it has to be in the Library of Congress if it's described by them. Oh yeah, it was inducted in the National Film Registry as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Isn't it wild that people used to buy VHS tapes of music videos? It was like an eight-minute music video. Yeah, it was, it was like on... And yeah. it's probably on MTV constantly. Like, you probably just had to turn on MTV and it was on, yeah. but it's just a different time, man. So, I pulled up each of these videos and I decided to watch them like with fresh eyes as if I had never seen them before. Okay. So, the first thing that I noted when I started Thriller was this thing is 13 minutes long. Oh, 13 minutes. Wow. And it goes by very fast. My kids love to watch it. Yeah. They mine, literally watch the whole thing start to finish. I showed it to mine when he was too little and the moment where he starts wolfing out is the moment I lost my three-year-old. <laughs> so, the disclaimer right up top. Yeah. Due to my strong... Wait, hold on. I gotta do my mic. Due to my strong personal convictions. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> don't do that anymore. Please I don't, don't. Want to do that. Due to my strong personal convictions, I wish to stress that this film in no way endorses a belief in the occult. I think that's lame. No I one think th that's lame as fuck. Well, I get, you know, I don't know. People think like, oh, uh, Michael Jackson believes in werewolves. I have to think like a publicist told him or told, you know, they're just like, Michael, you're going to lose fans over this because like. This was during know, the satanic panic. I think it's lame as hell and it wouldn't happen today, obviously, because you never see it out of music videos anymore, but I can at least understand the logic of the time. He was trying to avoid Karens. Yeah, exactly. He was a little ahead of his time. Well, Michael Jackson is unique in that he appealed to every single age group. Right. He didn't want to scare the squares. Yeah. You said it. Okay, so it starts out and it's a dark road in the middle of the woods. And Michael Jackson, his girlfriend, are in the 1950s. And he's dressed like a greaser. Oh, he's got a Letterman's jacket. So, he's not a total punk. And his David Letterman? I didn't know he was around in the 50s. Hilarious. And his girlfriend is wearing a poodle skirt. And he's driving this old, you know, 1950s car. And they run out of gas in the middle of the woods. And it's in the middle of the night. And I think it's already suspicious because... <laughs> have you ever run out of gas? Not once, but if you recall, the girl was also suspicious, remember? Well, and Michael right. says, yeah. So, so, he says, oh, we're out of gas. And she has this like gleam in her eye. She almost sounds like she's winking. She's like, well, what are we going to do now? <laughs> and Michael turns and looks at her with this like sly wolfish grin. And then it just cut like, you're like, oh, I know what's on Michael's mind. And then it cuts and they're just walking down a dirt road, not holding hands or talking. <laughs> Like, oh, Michael's, well, they on Michael's mind is a moonlit walk. 
they weren't boyfriend and girlfriend yet. That's the next part of the video. Oh, that's right. So, then he's like, I got to ask you something super important. She's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and he goes, I was wondering if you'd be my girl. And he gives her a ring and she's, she's a 10 out of 10 on the happy scale. Okay, yeah. She's jumping up and down. Her ponytail is bouncing. Yeah. And then he's like, I have something else to tell you. She's like, yes, Michael. And he's like, I'm not like other guys. And everyone's like, yeah, Michael, we know. <laughs> <laughs> well. So, she's like, but that's why I like you. Before he can finish, he's like. <laughs> like he was just bursting at the seams. <laughs> he was holding it in that whole time. Well, that's my question is, okay, so at that, at that moment, for those who haven't seen it, he tra- starts the, the painful, horrific transformation into a werewolf. Yeah, he wolves and out. And she just stands and screams for the entire process. But d- d- have you ever she thought can't of- take her eyes off of it. She won't move. <laughs> and I got to say, by 80 standards, I mean, it's a pretty freaky looking werewolf. What I noted was that it is extremely cat-like for a wolf. It has long whiskers. That's true. Yeah. It's like someone went to the care to put whiskers on it. The tufts of hair on the, on the cheeks, like a cat, kind of point out towards the side. And the eyes are cat eyes. Wolves don't have cat eyes. They have round eyes like, like a dog. You're right. It is more like a were-cat, right. a were-kitty. Well, what I'm wondering is, do you think he, we're just going to continue to say wolfed out even though he didn't look like a wolf. He kitty-catted out. Do you think he wolfed out at that moment because he, he was <laughs> he going to out. anyway and he couldn't contain it? <laughs> he meowed out. Or did he meow out as a direct result of him about to reveal himself, you know? <laughs> Chicken before the egg. Instead of, ta- he was like, well, okay, so... I've just asked her to be my girlfriend and she's obviously on top of the world. So, I need to bring her back down to reality. Yeah. And tell her that I'm also... <laughs> Aware mountain lion. A, hor- a horrifying <laughs> mythical monster. <laughs> now, do I explain it to her gently, kind of walking her through the <laughs> idea that, look, I have a, a disease. Don't worry. I'm okay. I'm not sick. You can't catch it. And, you know, walking her slowly through the fact uh, all the way up until like <laughs> I might turn into a were monster that murders you and eats you and your family in the night. And also screams and roars in like right. the scariest way during transformation. <laughs> or I could just, you know, show her. <laughs> yeah, Without Michael, warning. Michael yeah. is much, is, has always been ready to put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> it's an intense transformation, especially for like a lighthearted music video in the 80s. It's like never looks like it feels good to wolf out. No. It feels good to put your wolf in though, am I right? <laughs> That's why I invented that prescription medication, Weratol. Yeah. It aids the mild discomfort associated with wolfing out. Where can they find Weratol if they want to? Tennispod.com. Tennispod.com slash merch, exactly. We're going to start sharing it in powder form. <laughs> and it's definitely Weratol, not anything. Okay. So, gotta, let, let me move on. My description of the video is going to be longer than the video itself. So, yeah, he wolf, he meows out, turns into a cat slash wolf, and she does stand there and screams throughout the entire like 30 second transformation before she finally remembers she's got feet and she can run away. Mm-hmm. So, he starts chasing her and roaring and she doesn't like that. Also, when he's roaring, he gets really mad out of nowhere and just bitch slaps a tree and <laughs> knocks it down. 
You never do that? <laughs> he does. In the middle of the run, running, he's just like, fuck you. Backhands <laughs> this tree. So do you he, think it's really Michael in the costume? Or do you think it's like a Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know that he was like, put that shit on me. <laughs> he loves to... He's a big kid. Yeah. Like, you know he walked around all day in it and made him feed him lunch in that, <laughs> in that wolf costume. <laughs> but he's so like timid and such a gentle speaker it's hard to imagine (laughs) except like that was back in the height of his power so he was he might have been a little bit of dick like he's in the wolf costume they're like lunch and his assistant runs up and she's like michael what can i get you and he's like spaghetti (laughs) (laughs) are you sure that's not gonna ruin your i said spaghetti (laughs) and then he bitch slaps her like the tree (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so then uh, where Michael catches his girlfriend and he's about to like forcibly take her on another midnight walk. <laughs> yeah, so to speak. Yeah, and it cuts to him and his girlfriend in the modern day, in the 80s, watching himself and his girlfriend in a horror movie in a packed theater. But his girlfriend is too spooked out by the movie and she leaves. This is where we get one of my favorite gifts of him eating popcorn and smiling and watching. Yep. But he changes his mind quick. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. He's ready to, <laughs> he's ready to bully his girlfriend some more. Mm-hmm. So, he follows her. Once he comes outside the theater, he's revealed to be dressed head to toe in red leather. Yep. And even though he's dressed like that, he's got the gall to start teasing his girlfriend of being scared of the movie. What are the odds that we're talking about this music video today? It's not like I knew we were going to be talking about this and I'm mm-hmm. sitting here in my all red leather pajamas. <laughs> Sweating your balls off. <laughs> <laughs> so, the song starts and he keeps goofing around, kind of trying to tease her with the lyrics of the song. But they, he is walking her home through this like urban decay hellscape. It's like there's fog and trash and garbage everywhere. And I wondered like, maybe this is just what the 80s looked like. And you say that he's like tormenting her, but she does like smile and kind of... Yeah, she knows that when she gets home, he's going to meow out again and they're going (laughs) to have a good time. Yeah. So, this is the point where my note is, my bullet point was, this song, as the kids say, slaps. God. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. It is a good song. It's a good-ass song and it's a good-ass, the whole thing's good. The video's good too. So, yeah, his girlfriend's pretty good about humoring his singing and his dancing. And then he turns into a zombie though. Right. So, they start walking by a graveyard. Zombies start dragging themselves out of the graves and the zombies look awesome. The zombies look better than most zombies look in movies now. Hot take? I think so. Then they surround him, his girlfriend, and the close-ups of the zombies during that part are really bad. There's one of them that has like black goo coming out of his mouth. Yeah, it's not pleasant. (laughs) And then you're going from like zombie, fucked up zombie, shitty crazy zombie, oh my god, and then Michael's a zombie too. Yep. And she screams, but then instead of chasing and eating her, he just starts air humping as he gets ready to dance. Yeah. Which, (laughs) even when he started dancing, she should (laughs) have... Well, I guess her thing is just to stand stock still when she's scared and scream. Yeah. But yeah, then they start thriller dancing when he's looking like a zombie. And he looks, when he turns into a zombie, he looks, the color isn't right, but the hollowness is exactly like he looked towards the end of his life. Well, yeah. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) The hollowness. He does some good dancing. It's heavy. 
She finally gets some goddamn sense and runs away. Mm -hmm. And she runs straight into a haunted house. (laughs) Yes. And then it turns kind of like into the original Night of the Living Dead. Zombies start busting through into the house and she's not having it. And then Michael busts through and he's coming at her again. And then again, it's the second psych in this 13 minute video and he's waking her up. She's on the couch and he's like, what's the problem? It's all a dream. Yeah. He says, come on, I'll take you home. So wait, the last thing she remembers is running into a haunted house and Michael coming at her. Yeah. And then she wakes up on his couch. We've already established that she's pretty dumb. This points to some sketchy behavior by Michael because at the very end of the video, as they turn to leave, he turns back to the camera and it freeze frames and he's got freaky cat eyes again. Which I'm like, to make up your mind, are you a cat or are you a zombie? The cat and the zombie are two separate creatures. They're not related. It's always bothered me. The, There's which, something you can't trust about Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, that, another hot take from Brandon. That's, yeah, that's what we do here on the show. All we right, deliver so we, hot takes. We knocked the obvious one off right away. I have to say objectively, one of, if not the best music video of all time, for sure. Yes. Well, I'm going to say number three is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. It's not on this list. Oh, wait, you said 80s and 90s. That is a famous music video though. Yeah, I don't see it. 80s and 90s. You said there's some butts, so are we going to do Sir Mix-a-Lot? I like big butts. Or Baby Got Back? (laughs) Sir Mix-a-Lot is not not on here. Hanson, Mbop. No. Everybody by Backstreet Boys. No, it is not. No, I'm trying to find out what number it is. It is not in the top 10. It's not in the top 100. Do you need me to show you how to do Control F? I just, that's what I was doing. (sighs) No, everybody by Backstreet Boys. You're sure? I'm positive. I just control F to the entire list. It's not in the top 100. Yeah, I don't believe it. Is there Britney Spears in the top 10? No. Janet Jackson? No. Mariah Carey? No. Nirvana? There is a Nirvana song in the top 10. Smells like Teen Spirit. Smells like Teen Spirit is number five. It is number three. Knew it. On the list. Smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, released in 1992. It's the opening track and lead single from their second album, Nevermind. Uh, unsuspected success of this song propelled Nevermind to the top of several album charts starting in 92. And that's an event that's often marked as a point where grunge entered the mainstream. That is the part. I remember seeing, I think I was nine when I saw it. So, I wasn't like watching MTV regularly. But I do remember seeing that video around the time it came out. And thinking like, that's a whole nother kind of music I've never heard before. Like I recognized it was rock, and rock, but I'd never heard anything like it before. Didn't mean I like, I didn't love it right away, but yeah, I thought it was cool. Well, contrast it to the song we just talked about. It's such a different song and also such a different video. Michael Jackson's Thriller, I mean, maybe you're getting into this, but Michael Jackson's Thriller was like super high budget, like Hollywood produced really slick like it's a a little movie smells like teen spirit is very straightforward and you know it's just so much simpler low budget yeah well you know yeah so it's just completely different it was the first music video for director samuel bear and he was hired specifically because his test reel was so poor that nirvana anticipated his production would be punk and not corporate (laughs) and the video is based on the concept of a school concert which ends in anarchy and riot and inspired by Jonathan Kaplan's 1979 film Over the Edge 
and the Ramones film Rock and Roll High School. It had an estimated budget between thirty and fifty thousand dollars. It's just crazy. Think of how much play that video has gotten since, and it has over a billion views on YouTube. Yeah, that's just since YouTube. You know, the thing about it too is going back to what I was saying a second ago. The differences between Thriller and Smells Like Teen Spirit, the videos, are uh, Thriller is like a journey. There's like a storyline and Smells Like Teen yeah, Spirit is... it's a narrative or story. Smells Like Teen Spirit is just watching them play their instruments in a gym, you know? It's just, it's just uh, interesting that it like became famous against all odds almost, but... Uh, yeah, and most of the, most of the, in fact, pretty much all of the rest of the videos in the top 10 are not stories like that. Uh-huh. So, it won two MTV Music Video Awards and it was in heavy rotation on MTV. In the following years, the former head of MTV's programming department claimed that the video changed the entire look of MTV and gave them a whole new generation to sell to. <laughs> what a... What a <laughs> I'm I sure mean, Nirvana would be really <laughs> thrilled that that's what yeah, it they'd did. they'd be thrilled with that. <laughs> so, the video. Yeah. I've seen this video probably a billion times. You're right. It does not have much of a narrative to describe. It is, for the most part, a bunch of punks in a high school gym with some like punk cheerleaders. They're wearing black, very simple, not even really cheerleader uniforms. They're just kind of like a tank with a skirt and it has an anarchist A on mm. the, uh, this black uniform. When I was a kid, I used to think like I was transfixed by those punk cheerleaders. <laughs> by the four seconds they're in the... No, they're, they're, out, they're throughout the entire video quite a bit. I don't think people realize that at the time, like in 1991, 1992, most people, especially like young people, I don't remember them having that, uh, that many tattoos. People kind of take it for granted now or it's more commonplace now, but... They kind of look like, I don't know, they're cool punk girls co covered with tattoos. You know, that in addition to the music sounding completely different from, you know, Guns N' Roses and hair metal mm -hmm. was just another sort of shock like, oh man, there's this whole other world of something coming our way. Yep. Yeah, it's a Nirvana pep rally. Every time they cut to the janitor in the video, he is mm -hmm. full on rocking out with his mop out. Yeah. When I always see the janitor, I always think of Smells Like Nirvana by Weird Al. And the janitor in that one is like eating bagels out of the, out of the mop bucket. <laughs> <laughs> they could have gotten the same, jan the same janitor for both videos. It's not impossible that they might have done that. I can't recall, but it sounds kind of familiar. You know, headbanging, which happens a lot in this video, does not look good without long hair. Yeah. One could argue it also doesn't look good with long hair. It looks very caveman in some ways, but... I think it looks... I mean, when someone's like really, really feeling their oats <laughs> in a good uh -huh. song... <laughs> Man, that's cool of you to say that. And they want to whip their hair back and forth. I think that looks kind of cool. I mean, sure. I mean, it looks cool in the context of being at a rock show, but like if you were just to see someone doing that out of context, it would look <laughs> so dumb is my point. Of course it would. It looks like they're having a seizure. <laughs> You're at, they're having some sort of syphilitic problem on the side of the road. Some guy with long hair just headbanging the shit out of nothing, out of the wind. I stand by my argument then. The gym in the video is draped in cloth like it's being fumigated and there's a lot of fog in the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. You're not saying things that are incorrect. 
but just things I noticed here. So the punks start moshing. I'm not kidding. <laughs> this ha- has happened more and more lately. I know it has something to do with like the amount of time we all have spent in quarantine, lockdown, the COVID world. Not but all of us have, but I get your point. Right. All of us who are unfortunately responsible or worried about our health <laughs> have been fucking yep. at home. Anyway, at the part of the music video where they started moshing, I like had this pain, <laughs> like a serious pain. I started missing the 90s and like the pre-COVID world and I got really sad. You know, that's happened to me recently too. I don't even remember what it was, but I was watching something where there's large crowds in a movie. I mean, it made me think like, this feels like it was decades ago, right? It just yeah, feels it, like a whole other world. It's like the same as you f- if you brought up somebody who died that, that you're really close, close to you. I was like, oh, fuck, man. You know, yeah. I don't think it's uh, a hot take to say that everyone that's going through this right now is going to have PTSD, varying degrees of PTSD from, from the COVID quarantine life. <laughs> it's to be a long any- time before I get in a mosh pit and feel comfortable. <laughs> right. As my point was like, anytime you're in a crowd for the rest of your life, you're probably going to always think about COVID. Yeah. Like it'll always be in the back or of Or whatever the latest pandemic is. Right. Yeah, it's a good times. There's a great documentary on YouTube somewhere. It's like 10 minutes long of the director of the music video going through behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Kurt made all these weird suggestions that the director didn't understand at the time. And then he says it like made total sense in the final product. One of them here is the final note. So, yeah, at the end of the video, the punks in the crowd, they just go, the pep rally gets out of control. And they, the mosh gets, the mosh Comes like a goes, riot almost, yeah. Right, turns into a riot. They destroy the band's equipment. I feel like signals that you were at the end of your rocking out if you're ready to destroy the equipment. But anyway. Yeah, it is kind of counterintuitive. You're right. Yeah. The, the discontent that the kids show was genuine. The extras that filled the bleachers had been forced to stay seated through numerous replays of the song for an entire afternoon of filming. And Kurt Cobain convinced the director, Bayer, to allow the extras to mosh. And then the set became this like scene of chaos. Uh, Once the kids came out dancing, they just said, fuck you, because they were so tired of his shit throughout the day, Cobain said. Hmm. So, yeah, he convinced them to let them do that. And they destroyed the set. And it's the end of the video. Such an iconic video, but it's so simple. (laughs) It's just just kind of, uh, it's fascinating to me. Uh, and another Nirvana video worth watching if you haven't seen it is Heart Shaped Box. It's definitely a lot more, uh, a lot more subtext there, a lot more subliminal messaging. I haven't seen it in a long time too. Anyway, you need to guess some more. <sighs> okay. Is there any boy bands in, in top 10? No, there are no, well, no, no, not what you would call a traditional boy band. Is there any other artists in the top 10 that you know I like? No. So, no, like Metallica, Enter Sandman or anything like that? No. I think Enter Sandman is a better video than most of the ones that are listed in this top 10. Is there something by Prince in here? No, unfortunately not. All right. You said you had some one-word hints. Yeah. So, I'll have to be specific. I guess I'll humor you and let you do those since you took the time to put them in your notes. Well, I didn't put them in my notes. I'm just going to do these off the top of my head. So, I'll start with number 10, okay? Sure. Woman controversial um communicate this one's hard communicate yeah this one's hard i don't even know if you'll ever get i'll just spice girls 
there's two videos in the top 10 that are by a, a woman. And this is, number 10 is one of the videos that's by a woman. Avril Lavigne? No. Bigger than Avril Lavigne. Uh, Madonna. Madonna. Is it that one that came out in the late 90s? The one in uh, number 10 came out in 1989. What song? Oh, uh, like, I should guess then. Like a Virgin? I don't know what it year that came out. It's not Like a Virgin. That seems like earlier than 89. It was. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Just tell me. Express Yourself. I don't know why I didn't guess that. I watch that every morning with breakfast. Here, I have all of them at my convenient fingertips and I will... I don't know where your fingertips have been. I don't want anything from those. I am sending you a link to it right now. You pull it up and watch it while I tell you about Express Yourself, which came out in 1989 by Madonna. It's the second single from her fourth studio album, Like a Prayer. The song was a tribute to American funk and soul band Sly and the Family Stone. Inspiration behind the song is female empowerment, urging women never to go for second best and to always express their inner feelings. Now, the video was directed by David Fincher, who's one of my favorite film directors. His Madonna music videos, I think, are lacking. It was inspired by the Fritz Lang classic film Metropolis. It features this futuristic city and has a strong divide between the working class and the planners of the city. It's just like the music video. At a total budget of $5 million, which would be 10.3 in 2020, it was the most expensive music video made up until then. And it's currently the most exp- third most expensive video of all time. It portrayed a city full of tall skyscrapers and railway lines, and Madonna plays the part of a glamorous lady and chained masochist with these muscular hunks acting as her workers. Oh, baby. At the end, she picks one of the hunks as her date. And by date, it means F-buddy. F-buddy. Can you be more specific? Frolic. Hmm. Critics noted the video's depiction of female sexuality and Madonna's masculine image in the video was gender-bending. Gender-bending? I've never heard that I don't that think phrase. she... Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't gender-bending. She... She was just going for it. It's a very Madonna music video. I don't know. There's nothing. There's like a fight club scene at the end though. Yeah. She picks one of the hunks at the end and says like, I'm going to express myself on you. <laughs> express myself on you. <laughs> so, I fired up the video and here's what I thought. First of all, it looks like it takes place in Gotham City and it would have been much better if it had Batman in it. <laughs> okay. Then the next thing it goes to is just tons of sweaty shirtless hunks pulling levers in a steamy factory. Uh-huh. I think that's probably why this one's in the top 10. It's because everybody who likes to watch steamy shirtless punks and couldn't get access to that on the internet because it was 1989 just called MTV 24 hours a day saying, play that video again. Ugh. I got I need to express myself. I got to express myself. So Madonna puts on a slinky dress. She starts petting a kitty cat. The cat's eyes glow and it runs off in the nighttime to do cat stuff. <laughs> to do cat stuff, which is to lick its own asshole and play with some yarn. <laughs> and then she puts on black lingerie and I put my bullet says, Madonna is in black lingerie now and I understand why this video, it was so popular. <laughs> But now that she's in black lingerie, there's something for people who enjoy the female form too. Yep. And then she's behind this screen and it's lit from behind so you can see her silhouette and her nipples are out of control. 
She's expressing a lot about her nipples and she's grabbing her crotch all the time. And basically she's expressing that she's got ants in her pants and she needs to dance. Ants in her pants. Yep. She wants to run bun. Whenever I see videos like this, I always think about how fucking awkward it must be during filming. That she was just pretending to be horny all day while people were standing around holding a boom mic. Everyone in this video is horny all the time. Yeah. And you know they had the song blasting on repeat. (laughs) In fact, that's the next bullet. It says, my next bullet says, everyone in her videos are varying degrees of horny. (laughs) Yes, with her being the horniest. Yeah, everybody's horny and she is just, she's the queen bee being horny. It's raining inside the factory somehow. And these guys have been given prison cell beds to sleep in. She's watching two of them have like a fight to the death in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. And she's holding the cat again, petting it, and it's wet. Yeah. Are you watching it? Yeah. She yeah, got a she... wet pussy. I'm sure that symbolism is not. <laughs> right. Uh... She's petting her kitty. She's watching these guys fight over her. And then she has one of them come in. He's not even the two who were fighting. And that's the one that they have physical self-expression with. Mm-hmm. If the internet would have existed, this video would not have been as popular. Yeah, you're right. Uh, So, that's it. That's number 10, Express Yourself by Madonna. Thank you for taking us down that journey. Now, you might as well go ahead and try since we're thinking, since you're in the Madonna zone, (laughs) your favorite zone to be in. Yes. You might as well try to think about what is Madonna's other song in the top 10? Material Girl. No. Here's your three words for this one. I'm not super well versed in her discography just so we know but I'll give it a shot. Breast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Pointy pose. Breast pointy pose. Is it just express yourself a second time in the top 10? No but they are kind of similar. (sighs) Like a prayer? Nope. Like a virgin. I don't know uh, her shit. Open your heart? No. Ray of Light, I'm just looking through her songs on YouTube now. Just well, tell if, me. You're just, if you're just, then it's, it's Vogue. Vogue, that was my next guess. Right. What number is Vogue? It's I'm number gonna, two. It's number two. See, I knew it and that's high. It's too high. That's way too high. Vogue by Madonna, number two on the list. Vogue is an upbeat house song which set trends in dance music in the 1990s with strong influences of 70s disco within its composition. Vogue also contains a spoken section. Again, this is another one of those that has like a half-ass rap in it. Lyrically, the song is about enjoying oneself on the dance floor no matter who one is and Uh contains a theme of escapism. No matter who one is. Yeah, also directed by David Fincher, it's black and white takes its stylistic inspiration from the 20s and 30s. Looks like Hollywood glam. It's got some like art and classy shit in the background. And then Madonna and her dancers are seen voguing to different choreographed moves. The video has been ranked as one of the greatest of all time in different critics' lists and polls. And it won three awards at the 1990 MTV Music Video Awards out of a total of nine nominations. Now there's some controversy surrounding the video due to a scene in which Madonna's breasts, and if the viewer looks closely, her nipples can be seen through her sheer lace blouse, as seen in the picture on the right. 
and I look to the right and there's that picture. I've saved it as my desktop background. What What do you mean? What does that mean? Picture to the right? <laughs> it's because I copied it from Wikipedia. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Oh, I do see. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, I do see the, the controversial image you're referring to. Yeah, MTV wanted to remove it. Madonna was like, are you fucking crazy? Like... This is Why the selling you, point. This is the whole reason we made this video was these nips. <laughs> these nips. It's like <laughs> these nuts, but these nips. These nips. Uh, so, it's black and white. It's got a bunch of dancers standing around in the dark looking at some art. And Madonna shows up. She starts striking a pose. And she looks like Marilyn Monroe in this video. She's... Yeah, she does. My note here, I said, I'm not what you would call a big Madonna fan. But this is definitely, I think, the best she ever looked. All right, creeper. Her nipples were not visible. You have to, I, this was my note. I said, there's her lacy boobs. Her nipples are not visible. You have to have a lot of imagination to, oh, never mind, there they are. Uh, yeah, I saw them too. <laughs> so, you were about to, okay. Yeah, I was. You were about to get on to people. I mm-hmm. was typing, yeah, saying that like, you guys are out of control. You have to have a lot of imagination. And then like, she moved a little bit and I went like, oh, never mind. You guys <laughs> and then were you right. Saved it, and then you saved it as your desktop. So, yeah, then they start, everybody starts voguing super hard. Yep. And to be honest, that dance looks really stupid. Watching it with sound off as I have been doing it, I can confirm. Dancing with sound off never looks that good. No. So, that's it. Number two, Vogue by Madonna. So, Madonna is the only one with two in the top ten. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Let me give you some clues about number nine. Okay. It is the most recent video on the list. Uh, It came out in 1996. And here are three, I'll give you three words. Dystopia. Desert. Black Hole Sun? No. Dystopia. Desert. Dune buggies. Dune buggies, fuck. (sighs) Visually, this is not ringing a bell for me. It's inspired by Mad Max. Specifically beyond the Thunderdome. I don't know it. It's Tupac featuring Dr. Dre. Ugh. California Love by Tupac and Dr. Dre is number nine on the list. Do you not remember California Love? Not, well, not the video. I mean, it's a fine video. It does look cool. It's just not, I don't know, one of my favorites. Anyway, California Love, Tupac featuring Dr. Dre is a hip-hop song, also featuring Roger Troutman from Zap. It was released on Tupac's comeback single after his release from prison, uh-oh, in 1995. It was his first single as, the, his new, as a new artist on Death Row Records. Now, there's two versions of this mu- music video. The first one, the one we're talking about here tonight, is uh, directed by Hype Williams, and it was inspired by the film Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome, and with no other explanation, says it was Jada Pinkett Smith's idea. What? <laughs> what, Wikipedia says that? Yeah, which... It was... J- <laughs> I gotta believe Jada Pinkett Smith went on there and, and added that. <laughs> that's how she spends her Friday nights is editing fucking Wikipedia. She's like, this shit was my idea too. Uh, it takes place it. in the desert in the year 2095. The casting includes funk mastermind George Clinton as the evil tribal chief, actor Chris Tucker, Tony Cox as the dwarf soldier, 
and Roger Troutman, who is with the band Zap, carrying a talk box. And it features a cliffhanger cut by a to-be-continued closing. If you haven't seen Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome, it's like, looks like Burning Man crossed with bikers and voodoo. And then inside this Thunderdome thing, uh, Dr. Dre is dressed up like a desert pirate and he's rapping. And they're having a party and everyone's having a good time, especially considered that like... Yeah, it's the end of the world and shit, right? Yeah, it's cold. I can see their breath when they're rapping and talking and they're covered in dust. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, now, during the part of the song with the sample, Shake, Shake It Baby, uh, Tupac spanks this like big invisible shaking ass in that front of That just him. happened as you were saying. Yeah. And that's my favorite dance move to make when I listen to that song. <laughs> you get up and dance during this? <laughs> yeah, I shake, shake it baby and spank that big invisible ass just like you okay. guys. So, the outfits that they're wearing in the video are not practical for partying nor for combat. No. And Tupac is in a sleeveless top. So, it's like, what is it, Tupac? You need protection or you don't? Right. Well, they're like, make sure you show your guns. Yeah. And he ripped his sleeves off. Dr. Dre looks like a sad Nick Fury cosplay. Uh, yeah. He had a stroke. Yeah, just recently, recently right? Yeah. yeah. He's okay, though? Yeah, I don't know if he's out of the hospital yet. He released a statement, but I don't think he's out of the hospital. I don't know if he's out of the hospital. What does any of this shit have to do with California or love? Well, Tupac loves California because they've got the best women and marijuana there and parties. Is that what the song is about? Yeah. Okay. And then at the end, oh, the music starts kind of breaking down. And then we see Tupac is like tossing and turning in bed, having a nightmare, and he wakes up all sweaty, and it says to be continued. And he's got a lady next to him, of course. That's it. Well, this has all been very fascinating learning experience. It's not, me. like I said, I like the video, but it's not like a top 10. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't scream top 10 to me either. And it doesn't have that, like, it doesn't have what the two Madonna videos had, which was they were selling sex. There's no sex in California love. Everybody's covered with desert Well, you got dust. the invisible spanking happening. I mean, that was memorable. Life-changing, inspiring, uplifting, orgasmic. I love it more than I love my own children. This is what members have been quoted saying about the Tennis Podcast Patreon, maybe. Either way, if you're a regular listener of the Tennis Podcast, you really are doing yourself a disservice by not signing up for our Patreon. Here's why. The stupid ad you're listening to right now, it's horrible, right? I hate it even as I'm reading it. But our Patreon members skip this and all other ads every episode. That's right. No more interruptions during the show. No ads. Plus, this very episode you're listening to right now, and pretty much every episode, comes out early every week. That means you can listen to me and Brandon talk about life-altering topics, as we do, every week, and you get to do that before anyone else. If that's not enough, me and Brandon also do bonus episodes every month exclusively for Patreon members. Our bonus episodes usually cover ground outside of top 10 lists. Some of our most popular ones so far include The Life and Times of Dr. Phil, Brandon Answers BuzzFeed Quizzes, Is Nick Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, Celebrity Quotes and Fun Facts, and more. There's two dozen plus bonus episodes ready for your gross little ears right now with new bonus episodes added every month. The only way to listen to those is on Patreon. 
and there's even more like free merch and swag, but I'll go ahead and stop there. If you're ready to upgrade your tennis experience, trademark pending, then take two minutes now to go to patreon.com slash tennis pod to get started. If you've never used Patreon before, I promise you signing up is super easy. It takes literally a minute. And the best part, you can sign up for as little as $2 per month. That's less than the price of an airport hot dog. Just go to patreon.com slash tennis pod now to sign up. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash one zero I-S-H-P-O-D. Sign up now so you don't have to listen to this fucking ad again. We'll see you on the other side. Okay, you have numbers four, five, six, seven, and eight left. Uh, okay, so... We gotta get cracking. Was that the only hip-hop song on there? No, there is another... I'll tell you what, let's just get into this one. There's another song on here that is a rap or hip-hop and rock crossover from 1986. Oh, fuck, I don't... Do I know the song? Yes. A rap and hip-hop crossover. Okay, the song was first recorded by Aerosmith, and then it was sampled by Run DMC. <sighs> There's a lot of people right now who are very angry that you do not know this. Hey. Don't be mad at me. I'm not angry at you. I knew you were stupid. It's these other people who are mad at you. I don't know. Walk This Way. Walk This Way. 1986 by Run DMC and Aerosmith. Knew it. I did know it. I mean, come on. You knew of it. I guessed That's it. That's true. In 1986, hip-hop group Run DMC covered Walk This Way with Steven Tyler and Joe Perry on vocals and guitars, respectively. While they were working on Raising Hell, Rick Rubin pulled out... <laughs> <laughs> they were, no, oh, they weren't like working on the act of Raising Hell. <laughs> That's what I thought you meant. Nah, Run DMC really didn't raise a lot of hell. In their day, they're pretty pretty chill guys. What number is this song or this video? Number number five. So they're hanging out with Rick Rubin and they're working on an album, and he pulled out the Aerosmith album "Toys in the Attic," and it shows Run DMC had freestyled over the first few seconds of the song "Walk This Way" on a loop, not knowing that what the full song even sounded like or ever listening to the lyrics. So while Joseph Simmons and Daryl McDaniels had no idea who Aerosmith were at the time, which I think is awesome, Rick Rubin suggested remaking the songs, and neither Simmons nor McDaniels liked that idea. But Jam Master Jay was open to it, which I always thought Jam Master Jay was secretly, like, maybe not secretly the coolest of the three anyway, and kind of makes sense in my mind. So they didn't want the record to be released as a single even after recording it with Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. And they were shocked when it was played on both urban and rock radio stations. Now, part of the reason they didn't want the record to be released as a single, you would think like, oh, they're recording with Joe Perry, Steven Tyler. You know, that's a huge deal. But Aerosmith was yeah. like in the shits at this time in the 80s. And this song marched, marked a major comeback for Aerosmith. They'd been out of mainstream pop culture for several years. So the 1986 video for Walk This Way was the first hip-hop hybrid video played on heavy rotation on MTV and is regarded as a classic. Uh, so here's me watching it. It starts out with Steven Tyler and he's rocking out in this little bitty studio room. And then the camera pans right into the next room and you see Run and them and Jam Master Jay are banging on the wall. 
And it's the only part of the video where it doesn't look like they're acting. They're banging on the wall telling me, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Gen Master J looks and sounds legit pissed. It's almost like they didn't tell him that they were going to have to share the stage with Aerosmith. I'm pulling it up. And then Jam Master J does his record scratch. Steven Tyler turns to the wall and he's like, what the fuck did you just record scratch at me? So then they start rapping over them and Steven Tyler is, looks enraged and he starts attacking <laughs> the wall. Steven, an enraged Steven Tyler is a scary yeah. thought. He looks furious and he starts attacking the wall, but he's way too little. He's not doing any damage. Uh, so he picks up the microphone stand and he can finally bursts through. Yeah. Running them are not having any of Steven's bullshit. They probably are like, you're a rock and roller and you still go by Steven. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, watching this video, mm -hmm. Steven Tyler and Joe Perry have the very much the 80s rocker look going on. Huge hair. Yeah, huge hair, leather pants. I don't know. It just looks so lame now in retrospect, especially next to these guys that are like dressed well. I was going to say, and like Run DMC look, I mean, I don't think you would be, they would be called like fashionable now, but they still it's, look It's cool. like a timeless look. Like it, they could, they could wear that in any era. All in black with uh, Adidas shoes. Steven Tyler and Joe Perry almost look homeless next to them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they're not having any of Steven's shit. They're, they just stand over him and rap right on top of his ass. Expressing themselves. They're like, you look like a lady. Rap, rap, rap right on top of him. And then there's not much of a transition. Just suddenly, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry are on stage and they're rocking a crowd. And then Run DMC pops in and they show him up all over again. And Steven can't help himself. He starts digging it in spite of himself. And then they start line dancing. Yeah, I'm there. There's a part where they line dance and I don't like it. And, and then Steven also, Tyler's in an open shirt. I was going to say, he's wearing like leggings with basically no shirt. And I, my last night is, I got to imagine that Run and them were not comfortable with this. <laughs> I can see why they didn't want anyone to hear this song. <laughs> don't release this video, man. Like he's fucking buck naked that whole time. <laughs> he's wearing girl pants. Yeah, I don't know that. I mean... The concept behind the video is pretty cool, but the video itself, I don't know. Not top 10. My favorite part about it is very early on, just when Jam Master J is looking at the wall like I'm going to fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you another guess. Uh -huh. Two solo male artists and two male bands left. One of these, I, one, okay, honestly, the next one that I'll give you clues on. As number eight, I am fucking flabbergasted that this song is in the top 10. It's the only one in the top 10 that I had never seen before. I hate the song. Before I had ever seen the video, I've hated this song forever. I hate this artist's other number one hit or top hit. And this artist only has two big hits from the 80s that I am aware of. The artist is Robert Palmer. That name does not ring a bell. One of his top hits in the 80s was Simply Irresistible. Oh, that. Right. Simply Irresistible. Right. Now, think about how shitty that one is. The other yeah. one, the one that is number eight on here, is just as shitty and sounds very similar. I mean, just tell me. Addicted to Love. Give me some lyrics here. 
gonna have to face it, you're addicted to love. The chorus is just, might as well face it, you're addicted to love. Brandon, have you considered, uh, I'm being serious right now, have you considered going on American Idol? <laughs> yeah. I told you, I hate this song. Addicted to love and simply irresistible suck huge. And the music video sucks also. It's directed by British photographer Terence Donovan, one of the most noted of the era, which, like, this video cannot look good on his resume. The video features Robert Palmer performing the song with this abstract band. It's a group of female models whose pale skin, heavy makeup, dark hair, and seductive, rather mannequin-like expression follow the style of women in Patrick Nagel paintings. Just what every teenager loves. This video is awful. Okay, so yeah, you're watching it, right? So the models never blink. They're staring off into space. A musician was hired to teach the models some basic, like, guitar fingering techniques, and he gave up after about an hour and left. <laughs> well, and also the... <laughs> <laughs> the background is just like this orange sky that never moves. It's like a curtain or something of a orange sunset and the floor is just a bare concrete floor. And Robert Palmer is like the whitest looking guy, just the middle-aged dad looking guy you've ever seen. Right. He looks like a British dad. He looks like, he's not ugly per se, but he looks like... He's God not ugly, no. Like if you rode in a small car with him, you'd be like, I can smell this guy's fucking breath. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that, but I'll go with it. The models look like they're being held hostage, like they were forced to appear in the video at gunpoint. It's a very strange video. One of my bullets, my points is, I think they're going to have to face it, they're addicted to Xanax. Simply Irresistible is the same. I just clicked on it. The music video is the exact same, just the models are wearing different outfits and the background's different. But other than that, it's the exact same video. Uh, it coincides with the song being... Very similarly a piece of shit. I cannot fathom why that video is so popular. And like, if it's because they had attractive women in it, they're wearing heavy makeup. They don't, they look kind of strange. They're not moving around very much. They're not even looking at the camera. Now, they aren't wearing bras, which is obvious a couple of times. It might have had a little bit to do with it, but there are videos with a lot more boobs and butts. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about this song. I don't know what it is about this video. Boobs and butts. You know, we almost named our podcast that. Okay, so you have number four, six, and seven left. And all of the videos that are left are at least like not Robert Palmer addicted to love. What a bummer. So Elton John. Nope, no Elton John. Let's work on number seven. Came out in 1994. Here's three words to describe it. Cops. Cars. Mustache. Cops, cars, mustache. There might not be a better way to describe this video. I'm not as good with the videos. I need the artist. Okay. Uh, it's a band of three males from New York. Three males from New York. They rap and they also play instruments. Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Now the video, cops, cars, mustache. I don't know it. Oh my God, it's sabotage. Listen, all y'all, it's sabotage. I really hate the Beastie Boys, so I don't know it. 
you're a fool. Well, I love the Beastie Boys. And number seven is one of my favorite videos of theirs, Sabotage. Sabotage is also a favorite. It is the first single from the Beastie Boys' fourth studio album, Ill Communication. It's directed by Spike Jones and nominated in five categories at the 1994 MTV Music Video Awards. It's an homage to and a parody of 1970s crime drama shows such as Hawaii Five-0, Streets of San Francisco, SWAT, Beretta, and Starsky and & Hutch. The video is presented as the opening credits of a fictional 1970s-style police show called Sabotage, the band members appearing as the show's protagonist. Are you watching it right now? Yes. Okay. Sir Stuart Wallace, guest-starring as himself, is played by MCA. Nathan Wind is Cochise, also played by MCA. All of the names in this are funny to me. Vic Kofari as Bobby the Rookie, played by Ad-Rock. Alessandro Allegre as The Chief, played by Mike D. And Fred Kelly as Bunny, played by DJ Hurricane. (laughs) I would definitely watch reruns of Sabotage, the 70s show. Something I read in the Beastie Boys book is that they didn't have permission to shoot anywhere in this video in Los Angeles. They didn't have any budget. They just went to a costume store and bought a ton of wigs and mustaches and costumes and did it like the punk way. They drove around LA and looked for spots that looked cool and they would jump out and film and get back in the car and go. This is before they made it big? No, this was, they had been, been big and then they would have been spotted. I'm not, I don't know if they've been recognized in police stuff, but yeah, that was just the way they did stuff. In fact, the, inter, the video for Intergalactic, uh, the parts that are slow motion and sped up, th- those were done the same way. They didn't have permission to film. They just, they do everything punk style because that's the way they grew up. Mm-hmm. And my final note is that the video made me uh, miss MCA from Beastie Boys. Can't comment. Sure, he's great. Yeah, he's deceased. Okay, you got two left, number six and number four. Didn't you say there's another solo male? There's another solo male. It's number four. Now, the artist himself you may not be familiar with, but the video is definitely one of the more creative and interesting on the list. Is it a one-hit wonder? He's not a one-hit wonder. He has other hits, but this is definitely by far and away his bigger hit. Ricky Martin? No. No. (laughs) Let me give you one word to describe the video, and for most people, this might be the only word they need. Claymation. Claymation. Came out in 1986, and heavily featured Claymation. Give me a second word. Hmm. Well, see, it's very possible I know the song and the artist, but not the video. Okay. The artist is Peter Gabriel. Oh. What's that... I don't know Peter Gabriel. I think you're thinking of Sledgehammer. Okay. I just sent you a link to the video. Maybe you'll recognize the video. Like I said, the video is one of the more creative and interesting. You know, even though it was made in 1986, it still looks pretty incredible today. I'm learning that I'm not a music video expert. I mean, you are like nine years younger than me. So, that's nine more years that I was watching MTV and shit. So, maybe I'm taking for granted. By the time I was into music as like a teenager, mm-hmm. MTV was already what you were saying earlier. It was already reality shows. It was already Teen Mom too. Yep. 
Well, hopefully you've started uh, Sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to talk about with Sledgehammer. It's, there's a whole lot going on. Do you recognize it now that you're watching it? Have you ever seen this before? This video I've not seen. Okay. Well, it is definitely worth a watch. Maybe sometime when you're not also doing a podcast. That would be ideal. It was released as the lead single from Peter Gabriel's fifth studio album. The song's music video won a record nine MTV Video Music Awards at the 1987 MTV Video Music Awards and the Best British Video at the 1987 Brit Awards. Uh, The song saw Gabriel nominated for three Grammy Awards for Best Male Rock Vocal Performance Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Sledgehammer has been described as dance rock, blue-eyed soul, (laughs) blue-eyed soul, and funk. Blue-eyed soul is a nice way of saying, like, fucking nice try, man. You can't do something. (laughs) Blue-eyed soul and funk. So, yeah, it features claymation, pixelation, and stop-motion animation. Gave life to the images in this song. Yeah, during the filming of it, to do all this claymation and vegetables and crap around um, Peter Gabriel, he had to lay under a sheet of glass for 16 hours while filming the video one frame at a time. My God. Laying under a sheet of glass for 16 hours sounds like a long night at Lou Reed's house. <laughs> so, anyway, the video starts with sperm. Huh? The video that you just watched, did you not notice that it started with sperm? No. Nothing gets by you. So, the video <laughs> starts... I, I was skipping around. I wasn't okay. watching it in order. The video, video starts with sperm. So, you're right away, you know this song's horny as hell. I'm watching the sperm now. They swim around, they hit the egg, the music starts bumping, and then Peter Gabriel's ears start twitching and his eyes start dilating and constricting, and then it starts. Peter Gabriel in stop motion just by himself is kind of creepy. Yes. His eyes and his face, it twitches all over the place. I do not like this. And then all kinds of click crazy claymation shit starts happening around Peter. A uh, train goes around his head. He turns into a blue sky. And he goes on a roller coaster with his hair getting waved around everywhere. And then his head gets bashed in by a couple of bumper cars that smile at him. And then he reverse melts. So he like grows into an ice sculpture. But then he gets smashed. And then some fish go into his ears and then they come out as crustaceans. A bunch of fruit and vegetables just bombard him. And then he turns into the fruit. But then he sucks up all the fruit that made up his face using his actual human face. What the fuck is this, Brandon? Why are you showing... What is this? This is a very popular music video. I hate it. So then he turns in a claymation version of himself and he beats his own ass to death with his sledgehammer hands. <laughs> and then a couple of butt naked chickens get up and do a dance on the stage and they end by jumping up spread eagle into the air. Oh, baby. And Peter Gabriel comes back. He starts moving and dancing his whole body in this very 1980s room with a bunch of people standing around and they're all... But even, yeah, but even this dancing and like with all these real people in this... They all look like crackheads. Well, and it's all still stop motion. Yeah, that's why they look, they're moving like crackheads. All twitchy and jerky. So, and then it all goes dark and everything is covered in -in glow-in-the-dark stars. Even Peter, and then he stands up and he shuffles out the door covered in -in glow-in-the-dark stars. I said, this is a good video for people who want to do drugs, but they're too scared to do drugs. 
you can just watch this video. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, honestly. And I mean, yeah, I guess it's famous and I've been missing out on it all this time, but man. I mean, isn't that way more creative and interesting than Addicted to Love or even California yes. Love? It's the most creative, it's the best video on here other than, uh, well, when I say best, I mean like the most creative video right. on here other than Thriller. Maybe more than Thriller even. I'd say of the videos in the top 10, I think Thriller is the best. Wait, have we got all top 10 already? No. I still and need trust six. me, the la- number six is fucking not the best one. <laughs> we don't need to worry about factoring that one in. But let's go ahead and guess it anyway. I'll tell you the band. It's not even this band's best video. The band is Guns N' Roses. Okay, so Tell then... me their lamest mu- music video and you'll probably get it. I'm not super familiar with their music videos, but I can, I can start naming off hits. So, how about Welcome to the Jungle? No. Better video than this one. Sweet Child of Mine? That's it. Number six. November Rain is a better vi- video too. I don't know if I've seen... I'm sending it to you right now. God, I hate Axl Rose. Yeah. There's a lot of him in Sweet Child of Mine. Number six on the list came out in 1988. Over a billion views on YouTube. Uh, why? Absolutely why? We're about to learn like there is no reason for this to have that many views. Sweet Child of Mine appeared on Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction. It's their only number one single. Now, Slash has been quoted as having an initial disdain for this song uh, due to its roots as simply a string skipping exercise. It was a joke at the time. The band recorded demos and he suggested adding a breakdown at the end. The musicians agreed. They weren't sure what to do. And listening to the demo on a loop, Axel Rose started saying to himself, where do we go? Where do we go now? Proffer suggested he sing that. I don't know if I buy shit like that in those stories like that. Seems convenient. Yeah. On an interview in Eddie Trunk's New York radio show in May 2006, Axl Rose stated his original concept for the video focused on the theme of drug trafficking. Listen to this shit. According to Rose, the video was to depict an Asian woman carrying a baby into a foreign land only to discover at the end that the child was dead and filled with heroin. This concept was rejected by Geffen Records. (laughs) Well, you don't fucking say. I'm really surprised to hear that they rejected that. Yeah. So, instead, they made a black and white video that looked like it was filmed with the same camera that they filmed Nosferatu with. Right. It's just just them playing instruments in bad quality black and white video. I don't understand why this is so high. My notes for this are the shortest because there's fucking nothing going on. It's the band at like a rehearsal with the crew setting up. And then their girlfriends, their current girlfriends, like their real girlfriends, are there too. Axl Rose looks young and not bloated and red. <laughs> bloated and red. <laughs> just how he looks now. All the band's girlfriends are there. They're just hanging around. I'm sure that was really helpful while the, uh, the band is trying to rehearse and the crew is trying yeah. to set up to have these, these chicks with hairspray. Their hair is teased out. That room has got to smell like hairspray, cigarettes, and ass. Yeah. A lot of ass. Yeah. Axel is wearing tight leather pants, probably with no underwear. And that, I guess, is probably where the ass smell comes. Is there anyone that loves themselves more than Axel Rose loves himself? No. 
That's like fucking haiku, man. That's a Chinese riddle. Slash's guitar solo is pretty good in this. That's the positive of the song. And my last note on this song is sometimes when I'm driving, I ask my Google Maps, where do we go now? You know, that's the most interesting part of the video. Your note just there. Where do we go now? That's it. That's all 10 of the greatest, fucking greatest MTV music videos. Well, did I tell you or did I tell you that I dominate this list? I got every single one on my first try. Yeah. So, running through that top 10 list again, these are the 10 greatest MTV music videos as compiled or deemed by MTV. Number 10, Express Yourself by Madonna. Number 9, California Love by Tupac featuring Dr. Dre. Number 8, Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer. Number 7, Sabotage by Beastie Boys. Number 6, Sweet Child of Mine for No Particular Reason at All by Guns N' Roses. Number 5, Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith. Number 4, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Number 3, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Number 2, Vogue by Madonna. And number 1, Deservingly Thriller by Michael Jackson. So, during the course of this episode, Mm -hmm. I watched every single one of these. Yeah. Granted, they were all without sound, so that's something. And before this, I'd only seen like three of these. And given my new knowledge of all of these videos, I'm going to say that Thriller is the undisputed best one, and the second best one is Sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. And the third best one... I think the third best one is, is Sabotage. I was about to say Sabotage, because at least it's different and creative. They did so much with, when you... Think about how much fun they made that video with just like some costumes and some dangerous driving around Los Angeles. They, they've made something pretty, it's all, I think a lot of it is in the editing for that. It's a really cool video. Yeah. Cool. Well. Well, good times. I'm glad I nailed the list. I'm exhausted from nailing the list. But I'm not too exhausted to pat myself on the back with some podcast reviews from our listeners. And that's how we're going to close out. The first one comes from the Sky O 56 on Apple Podcasts. As someone obsessed with countdowns, this show is right up my alley. These guys are very entertaining and insightful. Keep up the good work. Now, obsessed with countdowns, that's a bad thing to be obsessed with. Probably pretty hard to get your fix. Well, there's no shortage of countdowns. I mean, especially with this podcast. But like thinking about countdowns dominating your thoughts. But as I say that, countdowns do pretty much dominate my thoughts. So, there we are. All right. Thank you. And the next one comes from Stitching Kristen who said, I started with the most prolific serial killer episode because it's right up my alley. Brandon. Yep. That's two reviews in a row that both said right up my alley. I need to do an episode on bowling. (laughs) Oh. That's some... You've been, you've been buying some voodoo magic again to get such a coincidence to happen like that. Mm-hmm. This review continues. I love that you can go from serial killers to the Bible to Adam Sandler movies. Highly recommended. We got range. And that's true. All three of those things we've covered. And uh, yeah, if you want your review read on this show, write us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and I'll read it. That's all there is to it. Brandon, we should make a music video. Well, we need a song first. Okay, let's write a song right now. All right, I'm going to start going with the... I wrote one called, um, what were my three words for fucking hell for Vogue? Breast Pointy Pose. Okay, so that's the name of our song. All right, so by this time next week, we'll have a hit single and a music video out. Be on the lookout for it. 
Breast We're, pointy pose by the Tennis Podcast. We're going to cut all the parts with Madonna's boobs out of Vogue and just play those over and over for three and a half minutes. Yeah, maybe sprinkle in some butts from Baby Got Back too, just to spice it up. <laughs> At the beginning, he's just standing on a big old butt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's living the dream. God bless him. Is that guy still around? What happened to him? Let me Sir look him Mix-a-Lot. up. Before we go, let me look up Sir Mix-a-Lot. Thank you. I hope he has, isn't up there on that big butt in the sky. <laughs> nope. He's alive. <laughs> big butt. He's age 57. Huh. In 2019, he became the spokesperson for Cards Against Humanity's new ass pack. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Kudos to Cards Against Humanity for that's some good marketing. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, Sir Mix-a-Lot has made a fucking life for himself from that one song. And he had other songs too that were good, but yeah, never has to work a day again because of that song. (laughs) He's getting residuals off that ass pack. Getting that butt money, the best kind. Did you know that Wikiquote has a a selection of quotations for Sir Mix-a-Lot? Why don't you read us one to close us out? These are three quotes. Dial 1-900-MIX-A-LOT. I wonder what happens if you call that now. My anaconda don't want none unless you've got buns, hun. Now, his anaconda is his penis. In <laughs> fact, anaconda in this quote links <laughs> to the Wicked article for penis. You're fucking bullshitting I'm not. me right and now. The first, pic- the first two pictures on the penis Wiki article <laughs> are two pictures of a, the penis of an Asian elephant. <laughs> so, anyway... We need to start a podcast where we just see how deep into Wikipedia we get. Yeah. With- <laughs> and then the, the, the other quote is, I like big butts and I cannot lie. Which is the same thing that George Washington said when he chopped down some <laughs> bitch's change. butt. Well, Brandon, his anaconda might not want none unless you've got buns, hun. But my anaconda wants some of... Our merch? of uh, our merch at tennispod.com slash merch and uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at tennispod and you can shake that ass on over to next week for episode 118 and Brandon, I have a sports themed episode for you next week. Wonderful. And that's sports with a Z. Alright, he's Brandon, I'm Nick. This is the Tennis Podcast. We're the Tennis Podcast boys. Look for our new single, Breast Pointy Pose, hitting MTV next week. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. Thanks.